Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can also support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon. Joining me as always is my co-host, Craig. And I'm your host, Adam. Welcome to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. You do a lot of the heavy lifting in the uh, introduction, don't you? I'm not going to lie. I... I was going to fuck that up. <laughs> I, I almost, even though we just quickly rehearsed it, I almost forgot the name of the podcast. So I was like, it's a guilty pleasure cinema. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure cinema. Risky business. So what does that sound like to you? What's a risky business? Uh, working for Enron. Mm, or opening up a leather shop in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Mine was topical 25 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, if you've never seen this movie, uh, Roll Trailer. So your folks are going out of town. Just use your best judgment. You know we trust you. You got the place all to yourself? <laughs> A good time, Joel. In the privacy of your own home. Just take those old records off the shelf. That's her. She's fantastic. Yeah. I said listen to her by myself. Did you have a good time last night? <laughs> I had a great time. Today's music ain't got the same song. You ever get high, Joel? Don't let me do anything stupid. Don't worry. Who's the U-boat commander? Don't try to take me to a disco. I don't remember giving permission for a party, Joe. A party? I still like that old I've got a trig midterm tomorrow, and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. And the music just soothes the soul. Doesn't anyone want to accomplish anything, or do we just want to make money? Make money. Make a lot of money. There's a time for playing it safe. And a time for risky business. For those of you who haven't watched the movie, I guarantee you've seen the most famous part of this movie. Oh, of course. Uh, we'll just hit that off the bat then. So it's probably one of the most iconic scenes in cinema and very much launched the career of a Mr. Uh, Tom Cruise. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Do you snooze you cruise episode four? That's right. Uh, so, uh, Risky Business. The uh, film was originally called White Boys Off the Lake. That kind of <laughs> I'm, tells cool. you I'm very glad they changed that. Yeah, it apparently got changed because it, uh, it sounded too Broadway. Uh, it was released in 1983. Uh, it's R-rated, uh, so, you know, the adult themes running throughout this movie. Uh, it has a runtime of an hour, 39 minutes. It's about a Chicago teenager is looking for fun at home while his parents are away, but the situation quickly gets out of hand. Hmm. Boy, does it. Have you uh, ever thrown a party while your parents have been away? Uh, I have. And uh, I remember one one time, whatever, I came into the kitchen, it was whatever o'clock in the morning, everyone was drunk and or passed out, mm-hmm. and I look up and just sat on top of my fridge is a girl called Splayed, like she owned it, like she claimed it as her throne, whilst covered in flour and eggs. I was like, ah, mm, nice, I was, I, nice I, I was out of this room for too long, <laughs> I see. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I've been chastised by my parents too many times uh, just because they always used to work quite late and then uh, 
I do remember, I think it was, must have been my GCSE party, and I think we got a bit stuck, and it was like, hey, I think my, my mum's away and my dad's working, so let's just all go back to mine. Yeah. And obviously cracking out the uh, bottles of uh, White Lightning and Smirnoff Ices and all that jazz. Ah, good. Drinks from 25 years ago. Yeah, so the, the old hooch. <laughs> they yeah. bought, hooch went away, it's back now. And back in pog form. Excellent. Now, uh, director Paul Brickman also wrote it. Uh, do you know uh, Paul Brickman at all? No, I don't, no. Um, so it, probably his best known movie from this was probably True Crime, Clint Eastwood. Never saw it. Ah, oh, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, this is obviously uh, the vehicle that launched uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, so he did, oh. what was it uh, beforehand? He would have done Taps. The Outsiders. And, and The Outsiders, yeah. That's Basically any movie where his teeth aren't perfect came before this one. <laughs> He has he has the smile in this movie, doesn't he? He does. The poster is just the smile. He does. He's done another one as well. I feel like maybe with Meryl Streep. Maybe he's playing an Irishman. Mm. That rings some bells. <laughs> that does. Um, so who do you think? Uh, you know, this is 1983. Who's going for this role apart from Tom Cruise? Uh, before sorry, before we play the who else was in this movie, we've just got to talk about the scene, which is. Him in his underpants sliding into shot oh, and singing along to old time rock and roll. Like, it's a classic piece of cinema. It is a classic piece of cinema. And it's one of those things that I I always wonder when you see a scene like that before you even see the movie, and it kind of then instantly puts a placeholder and going, oh, okay, this movie is quite funny and it's, it's like a comedy. It really isn't. No. It's quite, quite a dark movie. It, it is a dark movie. And um, also, Rogue Choice on the Tighty Whiteys. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like you have to. There was a few times I was like, "Is he Starkers? Is he just wearing a very long shirt covering his nads? <laughs> is, it, is it a bit cold? I don't I, see anything swinging from the undercarriage." I think that this dance was a big inspiration for Hugh Grant's dance in Love Actually as well. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. this would have spawned so many parodies and homages. It's uh, it gets parodomaged in uh, Scrubs as well. Oh, it does. Another yes. shout out to Scrubs. Hope Rory is feeling better. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, I, I think he's on the mend now. Good. Uh, so we've 1983. Got, uh, 1983. All right, so I, I can give you a hand. Uh, Michael J. Fox is one of them. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, who else are you thinking? Uh, 83, it's Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, he's he's definitely one up there. Yeah, he's in it. Well, he's not in it, but... You know, <laughs> uh, kind of a wholesome, all-American boy. John Cusack. <laughs> Yes, correct. Hey, yeah, well my boy John Keys. Kevin Bacon? No, there's a few. There's a rogue name in there, uh, Nicholas Cage. That would be amazing. That would have been. Uh, also, Sean Penn uh, auditioned. Uh, it was at that same time as well, wasn't it? Because uh, had... first times he did at that point, hadn't he? Yeah. So you, because he was in Taps with uh, Tom Cruise, and I'm pretty oh, okay. sure uh, Sean Penn had a cameo in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I think um, there's the part where they're driving the Porsche and the car pulls up next to him to have a bit of a race. Uh, And that was just Sean Penn. He wasn't even on set that day. He just decided to get into a drag race. Nice. That's the one. (laughs) Uh, Sean Penn in this movie. Very different movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Rob Lowe also, uh, he actually turned down this role. I can't believe I didn't guess Rob Lowe. Yeah, Rob Lowe was in there. Um, He found the script to be a bit too weird. Tracks. Yeah, <laughs> tracks. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. De Mornay. Yeah. 
Oh, go on. Nailed it one. Uh, she plays Lana. Uh, she is, for me, like a spitting image of a young Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they always say that as well. That there's always like, you know, you, you can... There's actors that come about who are always like... You, you, oh, like well, like if you, you put Topher Grace next to Jake Gyllenhaal next to Tobey yeah. Maguire, you've got one person. That's the one. Nice. Yeah, it always it does seem to be a little bit of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, there seems to be a, a look that kind of gets replicated throughout the decades. Uh, but she's probably best known as the nanny from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah, I never actually saw that. The only yeah. knowledge I have of that is the word usurper from the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, great shout. Uh, right, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Joe Pantalone? Joey Pants. Yeah, Joe Pants. Uh, do not trust this man. No. <laughs> I forgot that one. Yeah. Um, so Teddy and Memento there. Yes, th- thank you. Uh, yeah, Joey Modern, modern audiences might know Joe from The Matrix, uh, a Baby's, was, baby's was Day Out. Yes, he was. Uh, he was in. Was he in Sopranos? He was. He, he was um, in Sopranos, wasn't he? He got killed by Tony Soprano because he killed a horse. That's the one. Yes, and uh, for me, he has like the best what I'd call shit-eating grin in Hollywood. Yeah, he really yeah, does. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that grin. It's just like ah, oh, fucking. Take a turn, didn't it? I feel like uh, he got hit by a car last year or two years ago and got sent flying, but survived it. I listened to an interview with him once. That was oh, it. nice. Is he a nice guy? Oh, Joey Pants, he's great. Salt of the oh, earth kind sorry. of guy. He's also in, and I watched it two nights ago. Uh, the Fugitive. Oh, is he? He's one of those kind of like bit character actors, though, isn't he? You can put him in, and he'd be great. You can, and he is. But the thing is, here's the problem, and it's the same problem as with this film as with mm. the Fugitive. Man doesn't look good with hair. <laughs> he does not. He looks like a fucking crackhead in this, which probably goes to the part, really. I mean, he is playing a pimp. He is playing a pimp. He's playing a Guido pimp. Guido. His name is Guido. Yeah. Guido. Guido. Um, so they're supported by uh, Richard Musser. Uh, he plays Rutherford and uh, Bronson Pichino. Pichino. Bron- we- right, so Richard Mazer is who you meant first. That's the one. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Bronson Pinchot, who is the funniest for me, funniest part of Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, the art seller. Yeah. Yeah. Serge. That's it. Serge. Oh, Serge. So it's like fuck off. Oh no, I cannot. Oh, I cannot. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we probably the reason why I probably am butchering these names, and if there are any Americans that are listening to us that are probably maybe our age and slightly older, probably like sort of pulling their hair out because they were very big. In on American TV, they've been in loads of different things. Um, probably with Richard, we we probably best know him as uh, maybe Clark in the Thing. I was going to say Richard Mazer's in this for like ten seconds, but yeah, yeah he is Clark from the Thing, and he'll always be Clark from the Thing. Yeah, um, he's also in It as well as Stanley. Oh, the original. The yeah, the uh, Tim Curry yes. uh, TV movie. The Disney movie. Is it? Is it? Disney? I think it's owned by AB. Uh, it's an ABC production, but ABC is uh, owned by Disney. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, and uh, people say that film's scary. I, I, I just can't. I, can't. I yeah, I, I, I think like again, when most people watch that movie, they're probably quite young mm. and then forever scarred. Yeah, I mean, look, see our uh, Stephen King episode for it, but it's just <laughs> tough to translate his books into film and for them to still be terrifying. That's true. Uh, speaking of uh, terrifying-looking people, uh, Curtis Armstrong, uh, he plays Miles Darby. Uh, so probably for you, you better know him as Better Off Dead. 
Maybe. Better off dead, but he's also snot in American Dad. Oh, is he? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, probably best known for Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, does, does he play Booger? He does play Booger. That's, well, the, one. that's the only knowledge I have of uh, Revenge of the Nerds is that there's a character in it called Booger. <laughs> um, so so he, uh, he, is that why he's called Snot in American Dad? Oh, maybe that's... Yeah. Oh, uh, whoa, we just uh, cracked the case. Blew, blew your own mind. <laughs> um, so everyone in this movie, uh, I'm not too sure about their age. Yeah, it's the thing with... like, And this is it, it's that we've been jaded by films where it's like, oh, he's 17 being played by a 35-year-old or whatever. You can't look at an American teenage movie and be like, oh, they're teen... Even American Pie, oh, yeah. I think Jason Biggs was 23 or something. Yeah. Um, so, well, Curtis Armstrong, he was 28 when he was in this right. movie. Okay. <laughs> um, and then to make Tom Cruise look younger, uh, they kind of did something that sounds quite in, um, unintuitive. So, um, or sort of counterproductive. They got him to exercise rigorously, do lots of cardio for like you know seven days a week, and then like get mega in shape, and mm. then get him to eat loads of like fatty foods so stop working out completely eat loads of fatty food to like kind of put on that little bit of like puppy pudge. dog yeah, yeah that nice. little teenage pudge yeah that's like cool interesting that's so, yeah, one way of doing it to look young forever and obviously Tom Cruise has been on that for the last uh, 40, 50 years you know what they could have done though <laughs> instead of that uh, this is 1983 so no CGI no yeah but they could have just hired someone younger uh, they kid up. <laughs> I've got uh, Tom Cruise's lovely smile. No, very true. Which, very true. The, sna- the smile of Aladdin. It is very much that, yes. No, no, no. They based Aladdin on Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know. Oh, I, I know this. Sorry. No, it's not very much that. This is exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, one of the uh, probably great things about this movie, uh, from the business perspective, uh, this had a budget of just six million. Um, but you can imagine this being a, a huge box office smash. Um, how much do you think it made? Um, I'll give it. I'll give it. A, I'll give it sixty million. Yeah, pretty much on the nose. Oh, nice. uh, Sixty-three. So nice. you know, it's like ten times its budget. Yeah, I was going to go crazy, be like hundred and sixty, but not back then. So I, if I'm correct, the person who um, bought the script. And he wrote like some mad like report to his boss at the studio, and it's just like, "Hey, we need to make this movie." And because of the success, it propelled him to like some sort of like you know VP position. Right. So, uh, okay. Good for you. Yeah. Good, uh, good for him. Yeah. But, good, um, good for him. I don't know. I feel like it was a decision fueled by cocaine. <laughs> yeah. There's probably. a kid you see, and his parents go out of town for the weekend. So he hires a prostitute, except he doesn't. A friend of his is, and then instead of paying her, she steals an egg. And then a, the pimp gets involved, and then he turns his house into a brothel. Clickety clack. Yeah, that 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 is pretty much the synopsis. <laughs> this film might as well be called "Nothing Goes Wrong for White People." The movie. Hmm. Yes. I mean, it is white boys on the lake. It so is very much ever. white boys. It's the whitest of boys. Uh, Roger Ebert's made a return oh. uh, yes, and his review was positive oh. uh, so he's got a bit of a spiel here uh, so uh, new faces and inspired insights and genuine laughs one of the smartest funniest most uh, perceptive satires in a long time not only invites comparisons to the graduate it earns it the very best thing about the movie is its dialogue 
Paul Brickman, who wrote and directed, has an ear so good that he knows what to leave out. It is one of those movies where a few words or a single line says everything that needs to be said. I'll give him that. I I like the dialogue in this film. I don't think it's comparable to The Graduate, but I also don't particularly like The Graduate. So, you know, very mixed feelings. Watching it not long ago, I did find that it's... When I watch movies sometimes, you can kind of go, who talks like that? Who, mm. who like, it's very, like, this feels like a bit of a play, uh, stage movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this one felt like it did capture that sort of camaraderie between mates and, you know, when they're, when they're sort of like having a bit of a, a jest with each other. It kind of felt quite genuine. Yeah. There's the bit where they're all sat down and they're like, oh, uh, the girl came over to my house. So what did you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet you. Walked home and jacked off. No, I didn't. He didn't. He didn't walk home and jack off. He had his bike. He cycled home and jacked off. Yeah, it felt it felt reminiscent of that. Cause yeah, so you know, I met with the boys on Saturday to see Kev, and it yes. was quite nice to. Because I feel like we we don't get together enough these days. I mean, we we saw each other what a couple of weeks ago. Couple of weeks back, yeah. Couple of weeks ago, grab some food, you know, yeah. sort of uh, for missing your birthday. Which yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll have another one, hopefully. <laughs> but you know, we used to at least we used to see each other two, three. Not you and I, I mean you and I, but like the group of us used to see each other two, three times a week at different events, parties, this mm. that, and the other. We always all used to live within a ten minute whatever like, bus or cycle. Yeah, that's it. And then. You know, you grow up and it goes Everyone away. moves on. Yeah, yeah sad. Oh, but we're having a midlife crisis right now. <laughs> we are. We're really opening up right now. Uh, my closest neighbour is Farouk, um, who still oh, yet to God. listen to the podcast, so that's fine. I, yeah, we'll fucking... We'll change that. <laughs> this film's not going to change that. John Cusack style with a fucking stereo above your head, <laughs> just playing a two-hour fucking episode of our podcast. Uh, should we watch the movie? Yes, please, let's. That's okay, three, two. Risky, risky business. It starts uh, with my favourite thing for which is, Yeah, a really sort of like shit juttery slow motion mm. uh to, for the title card and then yeah and you you're not a big fan of any kind of voiceover you don't appreciate the sort of establishing no i think it's monologue it's fine it's remarkable is it? well the thing is who's he talking to is he talking to us the audience yeah, it's some sort of like you know that sort of. Well, I never like saying like the fourth wall sort of breaking thing, but it's 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 it's, that, it's a narrative but, that you know he he is the the author of his own story sort of thing. But that's it. He starts the film by breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And then he never breaks it again. And then at the end, he does another voiceover breaking of the fourth wall, and it's like, wait, what? And it, it has that stage play feel to it. That um, kind of uh, Iago in Othello talks to the audience. Mm. Uh, is it called an aside it's an aside to the so. audience anyway yeah. so then that that okay if that's what we're doing that's what we're doing but it kind of needs to be more consistent for me and so films like high fidelity where he will literally look down the barrel of the camera lens and talk but to i the feel audience, that's great it's it's almost like it's it's actually it's it's not as kind of like 
uh, James L. Jones kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, reading out the fucking history of the Highlander. Um, it's probably more, you know, sort of like he's talking his dream to somebody. You know what I mean? It's the kind of like, hey, you know, I always have the same dream. I always do this. And, you know, I go and peep in this woman having a fucking shower. And then she asked me to join her. But then suddenly I'm in fucking school. And, yeah. you know, like, oh. and I'm naked. No. And two things. Number one, did James Dill Jones do the opening voiceover to Highlander? Uh, no. Oh, good. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it could have been. Um, Maybe it was. Uh, Maybe it, where did I does, get that from? Does I know Highlander it Sean... have a voiceover opening? I want to say we actually are. Maybe I was right. Because I know it's not Sean Connery. <sighs> I, uh, or was it Sean Connery? No. And he did it in no. the bathroom? No, that was that was Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. <laughs> anyway, right. look, we're nothing anyway. to do with it. So he's got this dream where he goes in, he goes into the shower and there's a woman there and he doesn't sleep with her. That's That's the dream. And then him and his friends, Bronson Pinchot, etc., are in the kind of student entrepreneurs club at school and they all want to go to Princeton and they all eat hot dogs and hang around and talk about sex. It's very much American party. And they're having a little poker game. Yeah, you know, there's, uh, there's Charlie, two beers in, fucking passing out. And, <laughs> and then Cracking Rory up a aggress- bottle of wine and making things yeah. real awkward after everyone's gone home. Rory aggressively betting in and then losing all his money. Yeah, we've all been there. Yep. Having a great time. Yeah. yeah. I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Collecting our money. <laughs> but um, no, it's got real foundations for American Pie going on. Yeah. You don't, it, if you don't have this movie, you don't have American Pie. That's so true. It, it, it feels like it sets the groundwork a little bit for more of the kind of like boys club kind of element. Because you, you'd have, uh, you know, sort of other, uh, I'll say sort of, when I say like gang movies, you know, I don't mean sort of like Bloods and Crips, but you know, like I'm talking like The Breakfast Club or St. Elmo's Fire, those, those kind of like mm. teenage, you know, we're, we're best mates, we hang out forever. Brat sort of Pack thing. kind of stuff. Yeah. Lost Boys element. Mm, they literally did hang not. out forever though. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah, no, they're, they're, that's his dream and he's got all these aspirations of going to Princeton and he's got tight ass wasp parents who... Are they though? Are they? Are they tight ass they're... wasp parents? I don't think they're tight ass. I think they're quite. And then again, this is one of the things now watching back as an adult. You're like, yeah, this is my fucking house. Don't touch my fucking shit. The speaker, like... <laughs> the stereo thing was a bit too far. Yeah, it's a little bit like, hey, you know, look, can you, uh, can you hear the tone? Have you fucked my EQ? <laughs> yeah. I have the same just, uh, convos with Helen. Like, Are you touching my fucking warhammer? Stop oh, being fucking... so lazy. Just move the dial back to where it was. Yeah, there is a bit of that. But I do feel there is a little bit of like laying down the expectations and responsibilities. Sure. Which I was a bit like, yeah, do you know what? Any the fact that the parents trust him enough that they're going to leave him away for the weekend, uh, let him drive a car, which is the station wagon, not the Porsche. Yeah. And. It's it's in it's interesting watching it through the sort of the POV, isn't it? It's just like you'll get you're getting lectured by these parents as you're walking around the house, and you're like, Man, "That's pretty nice, digs. A big old fucking house here." But he's never been taught a damn thing in his whole life, and here's how I know that: because he doesn't even put the microwave oven meal in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking disgusting. Suck or it the fact... on that frozen microwave fish. You, you felt that that was more egregious than pouring himself a pint of Chivas Regal? We've all been there. 
Let's 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 you and me get <laughs> yeah, off our horses. With a fucking coke float. I was just like, damn. Two episodes ago, we were talking about how much you love love a gimlet because it's just yeah. gin. Yeah, uh, but that's like a, a short glass or in a martini. You know, like it's it's like two ounces max. <laughs> look, all I know is that if you give me a pint glass and a bottle of wine, I'm having a good time. Yeah, fucking why? Why even have the glass? Exactly. And so the <laughs> shoe was forgot. If anything, he was just getting. He was getting a glass dirty that we knew he wasn't going to clean. Yeah, I do feel that, though. So his parents have fucked off. He's now got the place to himself. Yeah. And like any other teenager, you probably are staying up late, watching movies and jacking off. Yeah. That was the original title. (laughs) That's that's White Boys on the Lake. Uh, (laughs) And you, you kind of go, yeah, it kind of captures that sort of like... I wouldn't say like boredom, but it's that kind of like naivety of looking after yourself, you know, when when you are left alone you know it's like right well I guess I'm having fish fingers for for dinner and lunch and breakfast and you know whatever else I can shove in the microwave I've got no problem with that look when Macaulay Culkin eats the macaroni and cheese and home alone you're there like okay yeah you don't know you're not doing cordon bleu stuff Mm. but he puts it in the microwave (laughs) Tom Cruise doesn't know how to use a microwave and he is supposed to be going to Princeton yeah, well, no, he's not because he got fucking av- bang average SAT scores, didn't he? Uh. Yeah, so he's on the fucking because uh, I, I obviously us being English, we don't know what the fuck SAT scores even oh, mean. God it's no. like, oh, you you got like a five eighty on you know written and five eight and verbal, and it's like, oh, is this fucking French? Yeah, if someone yeah, says to me, I got five eighty. <laughs> I my first question is, is that is that good or bad? Is it? Well, yeah, I think I, I, if from I think the max score is like something like fourteen hundred or something like that. Okay. So he's 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 punching. He's below level. average. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's the thing. You don't know. It's enough to go to university. It's not enough to you know. Or it's it's questionable. You're you're in clearing. Yeah. For uh, for for Princeton or Ivy League. Yeah. Fair enough. What what the fuck Ivy League is? Who who? who it's, it's it's the league that's Ivy. It's the Ivy League. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, so he, well, yeah, he dances around in his pants. Great scene. <laughs> That's your favorite bit. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's the best bit of the film. It's it's the fun. It's you watch if that was just the trailer, you'd watch it, and as you said, you'd be like, oh, I see, a goofball comedy. Yeah, weekend at Bernie's, comedy. but the uncle's alive, sort of thing. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, uh, we first get. The transvestite prostitute sent to his yeah. house. So this is the thing. So uh, oh, this is kind boy. of what sort of sets off the the sort of pattern in this movie of like you know all the the sort of domino effect. Uh, Darby, his best mate, is just like, hey, look, you know, uh, he's going to Princeton. Uh, he's pretty much guaranteed because he's got great scores or whatever. And he's like, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta say like, what the fuck? Say, you just what gotta fuck? say, you know, give, uh, you know, let your inhibitions go, say yes, you know, that kind of, you know, just fucking do what you feel like. Yeah. And this sort of leads to the leads to the carnage, the sort of more uh, what's the what's the kind of phrase I'm looking for? You know, it sort of it escalates uh, further and further. It's the first of his... domino to topple. Yeah, I'll say that. Yes, there, there doesn't seem to be anything else really that sort of that sort of pokes fun at it. It doesn't like you know you, you can imagine that a lesser writer would have really put the spotlight on it. Yeah, and there is a there is a dignity to it, of course there is, but it, it was at that time a joke at low hanging fruit. 
Joker I would say so, yeah. Low-hanging fruit. They, it was a really a joke at low-hanging fruit when they did it in Knocked Up as well. No, Forty-Year-Old Virgin. Yes, that's it. I, I think if you were to compare, yeah. that would be way worse. Um, so with this, this is how we get introduced to Lana, the worst fucking character in the whole movie. Uh, well, you know, cause you, you just can't not not like her. If you know what I mean, like I, she is. Um, She's the sort of the good-looking uh, prosy in this movie. So she's, you know, sort of long blonde hair, you know, very slender, very good-looking. Essentially, you know, sort of, as I say, a, a young Jennifer Lawrence. And she ends up... Um, what's the... Is it honey-trapping? Is that the phrase? Honey-potting. Honey that's the one. Yeah, so, like, ends up suckering uh, Tom Cruise. And, you know, so she goes over oh, and she does more than sucker him. <laughs> uh, and then he has to cough up a nice little 300 so when he can't uh, she goes on the rob and steals the uh, the prize egg and now we're back to Tom Cruise's character as an idiot yes explain because he's like oh I don't have $300 question mark but that feels like a transaction agreement you need to discuss first but hmm Okay, point one off you there, Tom. You didn't discuss business ahead of time. Point two That's is, right. if Money you up front. owe someone $300, you don't then go, I'll wait here in my house. Yeah, I'll that's come a... back. But, he, but it's the thing. Like, how, how, let's just put a pin on how old do you think Tom Cruise is in this movie? Oh, well, based on that logic, six. <laughs> so he's old enough to drive, but in America, they're driving around their cars, what, like 16, 17? Yeah. They're going off to college, so this is probably like kind of like end of 17. sixth form. 17, 18, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm. on the cusp of that, probably not, definitely not old enough to drink uh, in America. You can kind of think there then that this woman is meant to be slightly a few years older, so she's probably like maybe in her very early 20s, and she's taken advantage mm. of a young, naive boy. By robbing his egg. Yes. <laughs> or his mum's egg. Is it a Fabergé egg or is this just a crystal It's not egg Fabergé. Or... Yeah, it's some sort of crystal bullshit. Uh, you never really kind of get what the sort of significance or the importance of it is. It's no, just fucking... because I feel like they, they, at one point there must have been a draft or a script or a scene where the mum and dad are like, oh, you don't knock over the egg. It's worth $12 million or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just... um, but, you know, it feels... It's a MacGuffin. It, it's a real... McGuffin, and I wanted to make an egg McGuffin, egg McMuffin, something like oh, that. Oh, egg McMuffin, egg there McGuffin, we go. Uh, pun, but um, yeah, and he's just he's just stropping outside of the store. Like, oh well, that's worth more than three hundred dollars. Boo hoo hoo! I was like, ah, take the loss, Tom. Take the loss. Don't get. Do not go to a pimp and say, "Yo, give me my money and and all my egg back," because that's your plan. Yes. So she she gets tracked down by Tom Cruise. And they have a sort of like not a confrontation, but she ends up legging it away from old Jerry Pants, <laughs> and they get into a bit of a car chase. And one of the things about this, which I I, I actually quite liked, uh, when they sort of establish him getting in the Porsche in the first place, yeah, and uh, he's driving around. A again a maybe I wouldn't say a lesser writer, but it was it was quite nice watching again, and then just going, oh, he's just cruising, and he's just like you know, Tom cruising. He is Tom Cruising, and you know, sort of like doing donuts in the park. It's nothing like overly outlandish. Like he has a little bit of a boy race, beeps at some girls, just kind of yeah, like you know, he, he takes the old girl out for a spin. That's yeah, that's it, and it doesn't do anything to damage the car. You know what I mean, no, Good lad. not until later. Not until later. We'll but, get yeah. to it. 
Um, but yeah, he he does a. I mean, I didn't like this uh, high speed pursuit, like the the car yeah, chase. It, yeah, it wasn't exactly a French connection, was it? It wasn't, and the thing is, as well, I think it's damaged by the fact that I recently watched um, on BBC a three part series called Control Room. Oh, okay. And that's got a car chase in it, where I was like, no, no, that doesn't work. That that literally doesn't make sense. The police car is chasing you with the sirens on, but stopping at traffic lights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that um, so I was watching this like oh fucking another terrible car chase um, yeah. but yeah he manages to lose Joey Pence and then uh, he sleeps with Lana again but this time for free for free and that's it never give it up free why what, yeah. Why have the milk when you can have the cow <laughs> um, and so the steps then are just her going right well I'm going to invite my friend over. I'm going to turn this house into a brothel. You're now my pimp. Mm. Um, but I'll give you the sex for free. Yeah, he kind of, she kind of throws him under the bus a little bit as well because you know, she's leaning out the window when fucking old Joey Pants uh, tracks him down. Mm. Which is, I think, quite... Yeah, it'd be quite a scary thing. It's like, right, okay, this fucking pimp turned up at my... And he knows where I live now. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, he's my new manager. And yeah. then you're like, right, this is fucking, you know... You know, when he rocks out in his fucking little shorts and stuff like that, it obviously just makes him look younger. It's just like, this fucking little 16-year-old kid um, is going to get the fucking shit shanked out of him by this fucking Guido guy. But he doesn't have the courage to do that. He like, pulls the gun and he's like, hey, you, you don't want to be my enemy, do you? Because um, Joey Pants speaks like a 1920s caricature. Um, <laughs> and kind of says to him, look, you know, I'm going to walk away from this. You do the right okay. thing, which yeah, is a okay. different. Be a bigger man. It is really. <laughs> but it's like no, that's not Guido. Should be cold cocking Tom Cruise's face and making yeah. him put his mouth on the curb. Like that's. <laughs> yeah, fucking mouth on the tip of the gun. <laughs> fucking cry. Yeah. Just tears streaming down his cheeks. You got a couple. Yeah. You do have a couple of nice moments where Tom Cruise thinks his douchey friend has slept with Lana. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a bit where you think that he, she's stolen the car to leave town, but actually she's gone to pick up her friend. There's a couple of like, oh no, good suspense though moments, you know. Mm. Yeah, I kind of forget the idea that obviously you know Tom Cruise is looking to be a sort of a, well he's not looking really to be an entrepreneur, is he? He's because he when he's sitting down with all his mates at the, towards the beginning of the movie, and they're like, you know, what do you care the most about? And this is like, you know, helping people, you know, ch- making a difference or making money. And all his mates are like, yeah, making, making money. money. Yeah, of course. Also, as well, uh, you know, times have changed, and they're like, oh my god, this person made forty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, damn, fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking inflation. Yeah, right. and, and it's like, oh, and the dermatologist made sixty thousand, and it was just like, what, what? <laughs> you know, you sort of calm down on your aspirations, there, buddy. Yeah, you know, but it's just... the thing is, this one got it wrong. When um, Alec Baldwin has that speech in Glengarry Glen Ross, mm. he's like, I made two hundred thousand dollars last year, or whatever. It's like, yep, yeah, okay, money still meant something to some people back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this, you're right. It was very much like, so he's what working minimum wage. Like, well, good for him. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's like, because then you start thinking as well. When his parents leave, they're like, right, well, we're going to give you fifty 
like 50 bucks that'll cover your fucking food for the week and you're like yeah 50 bucks for food 30 bucks for something else and then another 50 just for emergencies and it's like you're like fucking that sounds like quite a lot of money 130 dollars yeah but yes that is that's probably two grand in today's money yeah something like that like fucking hell you get the calculator out but um but then he's kind of like he has this kind of fucking moment where he's sort of like envious of her business sense and like her attitude yeah. and he's like oh she just doesn't give a shit and she's making all this money by selling herself and degrading herself oh yeah great <laughs> you're just like you do realise yeah like it's, it's kind of one of those things it, they obviously she's a prostitute but they never really go into the fact that it's like yeah you're a fucking prostitute yeah, they... and I know maybe even now like times are changing slightly things with like only fans and like you know people are trying to be more sex positive towards sex workers and things like that but it's still a bit like only fans never heard of it explain <laughs> oh helen yeah helen listens on. right uh, yeah helen does um she she's very much knows what only fans is not because of that but uh you know it's it's been brought up in discussion yeah. like just being like hey look if we ever fall on hard times and need to make some money you, you get some pictures you put them online he- helen or you uh, me. Okay, what if you wanted to make money? <laughs> yeah, the old go for the old feet pick game. Oh, feet pick. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, that's, feet picks. that's a whole world of confusion in my world. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand, like, giving what? a foot massage. Like, I get that. <laughs> but looking at pictures of feet? Uh, it's not yeah, for me. it doesn't, doesn't get you on, no? Not for me. No, fair enough. No. Not really but for me. Either. really glamorise prostitution in this. That's what I mean. It's just like it's 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 very filtered. It's very kind of like tinted. Yeah. Like look at it. Go, oh, it's it's almost like yeah, we just make loads of money and have a great time. And it's just like I do like the bit later on in the film where um, uh, Lana she kind of takes over the pimp role alongside Tom Cruise, and the way mm. you know she's done that is because she's wearing a jaunty hat. <laughs> you got to have a hat. She's got to have the pimp hat. Pimp. Yeah, get yeah. and uh, yeah. a chalice. A chalice. Yeah, that's right. I I always <laughs> think of like the uh, for me it's the it's Gator Sunny. from uh, from from the other guys. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> needs his cap. Pimps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pimps don't cry. That's, uh... See, yeah, for me it's uh, Pepper Jack. Yeah, Pepper Jack. Pepper Jack, and then when Dennis becomes a prostitute or a male escort in Sunny. Oh yeah, yeah. And you just see Frank just slowly becoming this piece of shit. It's like, right at the end, he's like, no, he'll do butt stuff. It's like, all right. There we go. We've captured the exact level of, no, I don't give a damn, that all, all pimps, from my knowledge, have. Yeah, so so then what kind of kicks off the, I would say that, almost feels like a bit like the third act in a way already, where it's like the car, well, sort of, the, the car goes in the river, um, you know, because they're having like some look, they do have a bit of a blowout, yeah, kind of. Um, and... No, no, they're just sat on the riverbed getting high. Yeah. And. Uh, but she walks off with the keys. She walks off with the oh, keys. Oh, no, and... she, oh, she closes the door, the keys are inside. Sorry, when the you car. said they have a blowout, I thought you meant the uh, tyre blew out. No, they had an argument, she leaves. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise jumps on the hood of the car, thinking that he's heavy enough to. I don't know. Isn't that how that fucking. Uh, that fucking actor Anthony died? Elchin, no. Yeah, he didn't get ran into a river by jumping on the hood of a car once after a prostitute left him. No, but by the side of the river <laughs> no, but he, he he ran in front of his car that then ran him over. To, from Happened what I to the guy from... he forgot to put 
the parking brake on and yeah. as he was opening up his garage it crushed him something like that. and that happened to the guy from E17 as well didn't it that's like my only E17 factor <laughs> yeah um, a lot of people getting run over by their own cars strange yeah handbrakes um, guys use them yeah so uh, so the car falls into the river uh, gets pulled out looks like shit and he has to take it to the mechanics to get fixed before his dad comes back and he's like what am I going to do I don't have any money I don't have the egg I need to get all this fucking shit together and then so they decide to run a fucking brothel yeah. for all his other fucking presumably underage mates so that all these women can fucking come over and shag about yeah and again I feel like if you don't have this movie you don't have super bad either yeah it, it's it's but it's also as well you know the obviously you know we're kind of talking about maybe looking back at this movie through through a lens you know in in retrospect maybe this movie's um, morals mm. <laughs> might might uh, might slightly change with with t- taste and time not my prostitute uh, movie <laughs> um but you know, you kind of think of like this sort of representation. You think of things like um, the Julia Roberts, uh, Richard Gere. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's that kind of like oh, it's it's meant to be classy. It's meant to be, but it makes me think a little bit of and it, well, we always reference Always Sunny, and that's obviously because they're fucking phenomenal yeah. writers. But the where they go and have uh, Party Mountain, and, you know, it's, it's the eighties, and everyone's like fucking uh, ripping off like bras and in the party, and it's like ah yeah okay I'm not down with this or you know the fact they they reference Porky's and you know like uh, sticking a dick through the hole and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like yeah I'm not that's uh, that's sexual assault. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean you kind of bit like yeah this is uh, this is not a great movie. <laughs> like in that no, sense. but where I say like oh you don't if you don't have this you don't have Superman is the conversations that Tom Cruise has because he keeps going up to just strangers in the street and he's like, oh, you don't want to get to college and be a virgin, do you? You know, and, and <laughs> that's the conversation that Seth... Uh, Seth uh, Seth and Evan, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah have at the beginning mm. of Superman. He's like, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to suck dick fucking pussy. <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> Um, I never really got this emphasis about losing your V card. You know I mean, it's like, or is this like has to be this right passage before a certain age, otherwise you're a fucking loser or something. I like mean, that. the fact that you're 35 and still have yours speaks testament to that. <laughs> but this no, <laughs> no, I think that there's that fear when you're in your late teens of like. Oh my goodness! What if I'm a virgin forever? It's like hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I kind of like it, it's definitely over here as well. I mean, like, there is a sort of a, a a pressure, societal pressure to like kind of like become experienced and things like that. But to become a man, yeah, become a man, and that's what it is, isn't it? It's just like you know, because you would know when your mates have lied about it, and you'd be like, oh yeah, like like fucking bang this girl, and you're she like, goes to you a different didn't. school. <laughs> yeah, like what's her name? Uh, <laughs> One thing I, I would think that you would get rinsed for if if you found out you lost your V card to a fucking prostitute. Yeah. So A, there's that, and B, there's yeah. like if I because you you're the bigger loser, aren't you? You're fucking paying for sex yeah. when other people can get it for free. Yeah, exactly. There's that definitely, and there's also the if I went up to any of my friends, any point, any given walk of life, any time, mm. and was like, oh, by the way, I'm a pimp now. <laughs> yeah I, by the way uh, I can't see the when, conversation going anywhere like the way it does with Tom Cruise 
Yeah, I can just imagine if my name's not Craig anymore, it's Tron. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Razor. No reason. <laughs> um, yeah, so he keeps going up to people and say, hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to do that? And starts negotiating, and then his house becomes Brothel Central. Yeah. And, yeah. and and again, there's no consequences. I don't think the police come at any point. No, only in the sort of dream sequence. Yeah. But the thing is, they go they uh, they go furniture shopping. And they go get all these fucking rickety beds that they can just move into these yeah. rooms and stuff like that. Like, first of all, you kind of think to yourself, how many fucking rooms are there in? It's quite a big house. It is a big house. It is a big house. And then you're getting smashed on this cot bed, essentially. You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, but Adam, they, they're virgins. They don't know any better. Yeah, this is true, actually. And the only person but that is... does know any better is Richard Mazer, who's the dean of Princeton or something. And so he's just looking at all these beautiful women going, ah, fuck it, I'll fuck them anyway. Like, whatever. Well, he ends up fucking scoring, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, that's the reason is... he gets into Princeton. <laughs> so, yeah, so it all culminates towards this, uh, this interview that his dad sent up. Uh, and, yeah, these the guy from Princeton rocks in and he's like, uh, so, uh, Mr. Cruz, uh, tell us why you think you should uh, come to Princeton. And it's like, you know, looking at your SAT scores, it's not quite uh, knock, Ivy knock, League, knock, is knock, it? Knock, knock, knock. Uh, Joel, really important meeting. I know you're in it, but um, I would like to see a prostitute. Yeah, I would like to fucking eat this woman's arse out, if that's all right with you. Closes the curtains on and Richard Mazer carries on like, so, Princeton, I think that's a knock, 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 knock. Say, Joel, I also want to fuck this prostitute. Yeah, I've been promised a rusty trombone by this woman. Come on. Knock, 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 knock. What's a dirty Sanchez? Yeah, what's a bonkin? What are the Bukaki rules? Oh, do you know what? Like my, <laughs> so my missus has started watching. Uh, Sorry, how we've to just build... gone from Bukaki rules to your missus. Okay, hit me. No, 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 no. It's, 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 thank you for the segue. Um, so my missus has been watching. Uh, what's the show? It's like how to build a sex dungeon or a sex room or whatever the fuck it is. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then she was like, um, halfway through one of the episodes, she was like, "What's a Bukaki?" Brilliant. And I was just like. <laughs> like head, like I'm playing my fucking Xbox off. I'm like fucking headphones off. Like what? What the fuck? And she's like, oh, I'm just gonna Google it. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, don't no. Google that. <laughs> uh, and did she? Uh, well, she found out what it was. Excellent. Um, and honestly, and she's like, e- we're not doing that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, we're definitely not doing that. I didn't realise it was on the table. <laughs> Yeah, fucking soggy biscuit, and you're the biscuit. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, this is like... When you were younger, <laughs> did you ever watch the um, on Channel Four? They used to do, like the hundred greatest scary movies, or hundred greatest. I thought you were going to say, "Do you ever used to watch Eurotrash?" Oh, I mean, <laughs> I yes, like, I know. Of course, you I did. did <laughs> yeah, of course, I fucking um, did. But did you ever watch hundred greatest scary movies? And they also hundred greatest sexy things. Hundred greatest like sexy mm. moments of all time. Are they uh, going? Are you going to tell me they're having fucking sex on the train? Was like up there or something. No, like that. risky business was there, but only for the, like the first sex scene where the like whether the curtains start <laughs> where the doors blow open and... with the fucking and the trash yeah. fucking fills up the room. You're like, yeah, real romantic. Um, but no, there was one which was like, oh, and for some reason at some point somebody probably Sweden decided to do a musical, but it was like a sex musical, and the clip they showed was a woman mm. just sucking like honestly 37 dicks in a row and (laughs) whilst singing and I was just watching like well this isn't sexy at all (laughs) 
How is she singing with a fucking dick? I assume she came came out to breathe and then put out uh, some okay. tunes and went back in. I can't remember exactly. We're talking over a decade, close to two decades ago. Um, yes, okay, well, I have to check that out. Yeah, no, you not don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put it, put it on my watch list. Put it on Helen's apparently. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the house is now a brothel. None of the neighbours complain. None of the pl- no police get called. Nothing gets broken or stolen. I don't think. Right up until Joey Pants comes back and is like, "Ah, I stole all your stuff." Yeah, that was a. So where is he at this point? Like, because how does he? Does he? Uh, does he, he just wake school. up and he's fucking? Oh, he goes to school. Yeah. So in this time, that somehow Joey Pants and this other woman mm. have managed to throw all of his furniture mm. into the back of a movie. But also truck. not Rebecca de Mornay. Lana doesn't help with it. The other she prostitute does, does. The first prostitute that Lana picks up does. Begging the question, why was she running in? If like was she just like was she on strike? Was this her negotiating a better wage? I don't understand. But this is what I'm saying. This the whole Lana character, uh you're not I don't you're not meant to like her, but I think they try to get you to because you're trying to be like sympathetic towards her cause well, and stuff like that. But that, they make the other never... characters around her worse. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think that and that for me is like, it's like it's not a great character, it's just that everyone around you is a piece of yeah. shit. Yeah, you know I mean, it's just, and they do try to give you the the whole sympathy, like, oh, hey, I had to run away from home because my old stepdad tried to fucking give me the old uh, fucking, yeah. Um, I was a bit like, Ugh. and then I was like, hmm, and then yeah, this movie takes a real turn from piling in your underwear to, it's like that scene in Gremlins. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> It's that scene in Gremlins where we're just having a fun family romp and Gizmo gets wet and the monsters appear, but don't worry, they're kind of comical and a little bit scary. Oh, by mm. the way, here's the story about how my dad died on Christmas Day. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a kid's movie, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he got dr- so drunk he fell down the chimney and that's how we woke up finding his corpse. <laughs> hey, look, a magwai. <laughs> it's like... And it's the same with this. It's it's uh, oh, I've got to give you now really harrowing tale as to why it's justifiable that I walk my walk of life. You, Pretty Woman yeah. doesn't do that. Pretty Woman is just like ah, here I am. Yeah, it kind of this movie then uh, goes into wraps up with a nice pretty package, and it's you know so Tom Cruise buys all his fucking furniture back from uh, Joey Pants. This was uh, infuriatingly stupid. Why is this? Because he, he sells it all back to him for the money, and it's like, just beat him up. <laughs> well, I'll just be a bit like, yeah, just uh, look. You can have your stuff back. Just give me all the money you made. It's the fact that there's uh, a they kind of almost go through the belittling war. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's dragging it out. It's making him sweat. It's just like, hey, have you got enough money for this? Oh, you actually owe me more money now. Like, you know, what I mean, are you good for it? Yeah, it's it's a power dynamic. It is a power it's, dynamic, uh, but uh, listen, you know, it's a more powerful power dynamic. Beating him up. Yeah, what? Tom Cruise beating no, up Joey, Joey Pants? Pants beating up Tom Cruise, pistol whipping his face, uh, and then taking yeah. the money that's literally there to be taken. And keep it, yeah, but... and then keeping all the stuff. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, maybe. And that then becomes actual, oh, there's consequence. Well, there is a little bit, because you find that there is an actual crack in the egg. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Fucking hell dare you. Yeah, okay, um, so... but... What could have been a worse consequence is that he literally loses everything, doesn't go to Princeton, loses the woman, yeah. but then he gets a fine job working, I don't know, in a cocktail bar or something. 
Yeah, there's very much this kind of you could launch this character into like fucking he could become Maverick. He joins the navy afterwards, or you know, oh, yeah, yeah, he goes fine. He's, he's a rogue. Um, but no, instead he buys all the stuff back, doesn't drop the egg, but it and, and he gets into Princeton. Cracks. He does get into Princeton, but the the whole thing about it is, is it's like yeah, it kind of all does work out. But wasn't there? There was an alternative ending, wasn't there? There may have been. Before we get to that, I do want to talk about just one last thing. Mm-hmm. Adam, have you ever had sex on a train? Uh, no. Do you want to know I don't think why I have. you haven't had sex on a train? Apart from the other passengers, um, you know, normally I get get the tube at like sort of six in the morning, so I don't think that's what anybody wants to see. <laughs> when <you> fucking man <laughs> arrested on the northern line. Yeah, fucking raw dogging, <laughs> um, misses like on fucking it, it, on the commute. Like, no, you don't have sex because yeah. you can't guess how many people are going to come on hey, at the next station. Yeah, but I, I suppose if you know that you're on the sort of right at the end, you know, like. We've all been there. We've all fallen asleep in the Northern Line, ended up in Morden, and then you're like getting woken up by the guard, and you're like, "Fucking hell, I'm the only one, any cunt on here." Jesus. That's true. That is absolutely correct. Now imagine you weren't asleep, but you were having sex, and you were caught by the guard. It's mm. just it, that is the riskiest business of the whole film. <laughs> that that is risky. Business. You think it's about um, the building a brothel? No, that sex scene on the train, where for some reason it's just like, ah. Uh, We'll I, but put I like all the fact of the racial minorities on this train. <laughs> but really, it was really strange. And then there's that one drunk dude that's like, "Well, I'm he's, just he's gonna, I'm watch. just gonna stay and watch." I think leave him. Look, he's a willing like sort of audience. Yeah. You know, he's not a participant, but he's cool with it going on. I'm like, all right, he's okay, drunk. Cool. Right, he's can not watch, gonna mate. remember. Smartphones hadn't been invented yet. Just you know. And in fact, they walk him off the uh, the train and sit him down. You're like, is this his stop? Nope. Uh, no, know. they, they no, left that it. old man there to die in the cold that night. <laughs> but the whole thing is, what I find really funny was in, uh, when old Joey Pants um, rings him up like the next day mm. or something like that. Or like, this is up when all the furniture... Yeah, he walks in and he does that thing where he's like dazed and confused and kind of doesn't... He walks around for like 30 seconds before he realises like, crap, all my stuff. And he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, so old Joel, like, uh, I hear she has a bit of a thing for trains, doesn't she? <laughs> so you're kind of thinking, like, yeah, maybe she does. Well, that's maybe the thing. She... It's like, maybe, if, if that question, is she in on it? And then that's the the conversation they have where she's like, I, did, mm. I didn't do it. I didn't help him. Do you trust me? I'm not sure. There's a real, yeah. like, oh, wait, this is the ending? Ending. Because there's no definitive answers. It's very much dangled by a thread. And you kind of are left there to go, like, I guess there was a point to watching this film. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like it doesn't have the the Hollywood good ending. It's like you've obviously made a poor choice somewhere along the line, yeah. and then it's just like, ah, oh, fuck! I didn't get, I didn't get the good ending. Yeah. The moral um, of this movie is: if you don't work hard, turn to sex and prostitution, <laughs> rip off your parents, and then give away all the hard-earned money that you earn, you'll still turn out okay. Yeah, it does feel like there there was a, a lack of consequence, but I suppose that's the... It's it's more the idea of the, the journey of Tom Cruise starting off as a, you know, naive, you know, like, suburbanite uh, and sort of becomes a an accomplished entrepreneur by the end of it, even though... No, he doesn't, because she's doing all the work for him. <laughs> 
But he made the $8,000, which he then fucking gave to Joey Pants. Yeah, which is terrible so that's, business. That's, that's, like the, that's like the Donald Trump. Got, I was going to make the business. same joke. <laughs> um, but no, he's not sucking those dicks. He's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, what bad. was the other He's the house. He's the house. And the house always wins. So, but the thing with that is, I was trying to think. So, if he, so if he's the house and it's fifty quid each time, mm. how much was going on for him to make eight thousand one night? Uh, b- 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 so it's fifty, hundred, sixteen, <laughs> sixteen for eight hundred times out, times out by ten, so one hundred and sixty. One hundred and sixty. So, how many girls were there? Not one hundred and sixty. Let's say let's, let's just say give it an 20. estimate. Let's say there's ten okay. of them. Let's say ten. Let's say ten of them. So each of those girls had to probably get smashed about sixteen times. Yeah, mate, that is that is stirring some serious porridge. But you but not want to be fucking number fifteen. But you've got to remember, <laughs> Adam, these are virgins. This is true. Um, so that's like ten minutes out of their life. I do like as well at the end where it's like they all these girls are like fucking like exhausted like lying over each other and just probably like slapping the saddle on. Them. <laughs> it's just like it's just like oh yeah this is, if if you look at it back in that kind of attitude or lens you're like fucking hell this is quite rough these girls are sort of as much as you can think of the, these girls are taking uh, advantage of these. Uh, of these young men. It's very much the other way around in the sense that these young men are taking advantage of these girls that are in precarious situations where they're like, the only way I can make money is by sort of, you know, renting out my pussy. So you're a bit like, mm, I'm not too sure about this. Uh, you know, if we, if we were now to have our sort of final... Oh no, what was the alternate movie? ending? Oh, the alternative ending. Um, I don't think it's that much. It. I think it's just a slightly... He goes to Harvard instead. He goes, yeah, he goes to Brown, and it's <laughs> like Not Brown, Brown. I think Brown. I think he kind of has a a kind of a moment with her where he's just a bit like that. She, oh, she's talking about how she wants to spend the rest of um her her life with him, and he's just a bit like, yeah, no, um, I'm kind of like I'm moving on I'm going to Princeton I think that's what the alternative ending is it's just like he kind of discards her in a, a way. good way to make this movie better Don't. is to give him a female friend that at the end of it he realises like oh it was you the whole time and then she's going to be like, yeah, I kind of don't mind the fact that you were just banging this prostitute for the last few days. Yeah, I'm your fucking boyfriend material. It's, uh, you've been exploiting these yeah, women. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's not a foolproof <laughs> story. But um, oh, if she's, uh, you know, uh, it was you the whole time and then she kills him and takes all his money and gets, shacks up with Joey Pants. Like, you know, there's there's a million ways to make this film better. It's And the reason I put it here is like, oh, the guilty pleasures. Because this is seen by people as, uh, oh, it's so good. After after watching Copland again, um, <laughs> what what needed to happen was uh, Joey Pants comes and fucking robs Joel and blows out his eardrum, and then Joel fucking gets a shotgun and does a slow walk up the hill and fucking just like fucking kills everyone. I haven't seen that in, film in, for ages. I need to watch it again, mate. It's it's fantastic. It's on, uh, we definitely got. We, uh, it's on a uh, Netflix yes. at the moment, um, and even Helen, I think she liked it. Uh, you never know. Is this uh, in and around her googling Bukaki? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And 
Um, I was like, we got to do an episode on Copland at some point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Fucking awesome. Mate, it's got fucking everyone oh, in it. Uh, it's Ray Lee Officer, isn't it? Well, it's got, uh, Ray Lee isn't it? And then you've got, um, what's his name, Mr. Wolf, Harvey, Harvey Cartel. Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert Stallone. De Niro. Uh, Stallone. What's the fucking T-1000? Robert Patrick. Uh, Robert Patrick's. Um, and you've got the most uh, fucking Boston geezer in, in the world. Um, what's his fucking name? Michael Rappaport. Oh, Michael Rappaport. Um, yeah, got to watch it again. Might watch it tonight. Um, with... Yeah, watch the taste of this movie out my fucking mouth. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I don't... I, I we, we kind of said this just before the podcast. Yeah. Like, I, we didn't really... After, like, after watching this movie... Didn't really get what the hype was. And that's the thing. If you asked me a month ago, I was like, oh, risky business. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's up there with Ferris Bueller's and The Breakfast Club. It's like a classic piece of footloose. Mm. It's like up there. It's one of the greats. And actually, it's like, um, it's fucking not good at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. I feel like, I don't know if it was like the pacing or the fact that the story in it kind of feels a bit there's not enough substance to the story in a way it feels really quite flat as it's just like this happens and this happens and then this happens and you're like and, and okay. that's what I mean like we need to see some consequence we've got to see some learning because with the breakfast club there's no consequence to it mm. they start in detention they finish detention no one dies but yeah. they learn how to become friends along the way cool yeah. Then you've got Saint Elmo's Fire, where there are consequences out the wazoo. Like everyone gets a raw deal in that movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. But they're yeah. all different ilks. This is like so many different parts of so many different things that it's kind of nothing. I just wonder, like us looking back at this movie, because this is you know when I talk about the uh, the Beatles effect, it's just like you know this probably came out and it really wasn't this kind of like I'd say there was a rawness to this movie and. You know, and as we said, this is movies being parodied and homage so much that you then watch the original and you're like, it doesn't feel as mm. uh, innovative or you know, it doesn't feel as special. And you're just like, actually, and you just watch it for its flaws, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not really, you know, if someone was to recommend a Tom Cruise movie and you were like, hey, you know, what's a really good early Tom Cruise movie? I might even go, hey, fucking watch Taps. Yeah. Watch, like, you know, watch his first fucking movie. That's fucking, that's hardcore. Yeah. That's, um... I watch uh, The Outsiders. You know, like, okay, it's not a Tom Cruise yeah, movie, watch The Outsiders. But... Uh, you know, I would say, like, you know, there's not been many stinks that Tom Cruise has done. And I wouldn't even say this is. I'm not saying that at all, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying, like, Night and Day, you know, kind of level. I'm, we can't criticise Night and Day until we've seen it. And I turned it off the other <laughs> Night and Day. Uh, but there's there's as a you know a classic Tom Cruise movie I would put this at right at the bottom of the pedestal and I agree I agree I agree but the old time rock and roll scene is still great yeah it's but that's the thing very much like Lana you know is it a great scene because or like is it just because it's surrounded by shit Uh. Uh, so you brought it full back full circle nicely yeah. done sir yeah. and we can end on that note <laughs> this has been the Adam and Craig Guilty Pleasure Cinema Podcast he has been Adam I have been Craig this has been our episode on Risky Business if you like what you heard you can find us on Facebook Instagram Twitter at Adam and Craig's GPC we are on Spotify we are on iTunes we are on all other major streaming apps Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema we are on Patreon 
dot 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 um and until then we will be back next week with the penultimate episode of the snooze you cruise month or is it the final episode I think it's well then episode. we're back next week with jerry Maguire. oh yes fucking finishing off with a fantastic piece of cinema show me the sex crimes <laughs> and until then craig it's been a pleasure always take it easy my man you too We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn, or maybe some snacks. Because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about. Uh.